This morning, we finish up our sermon series on identity in Christ. This has been a good series. Um, I've, been, I've loved every part of it. And this morning, I kind of feel like we brought in a ringer for this last one. Um, Daniel Overdorf is here this morning to share with us. Daniel is a professor of pastoral ministries and the director of the preaching program down at Johnson University in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, he served in congregations in Illinois and Georgia. In Georgia, he was able to serve alongside um, Adam and Sarah down there. And Daniel is a guy who I've admired for a long time. He's a man of God, great speaker, but mostly he loves Jesus deeply. And I'm excited for him to come. He's here with his wife, Carrie, somewhere. Um, 25 years now, right? And so please give a warm welcome uh, to Daniel Overdorf. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for uh, the honor of, of being here with you and worshiping with you and uh, praying with you and sharing in the Lord's Supper with you and studying uh, with, you, with you as well. Uh, thank you for welcoming Carrie and I into your, into your family for the weekend. In 1982, uh, I, I was nine years old <laughs> that, that year. Ronald Reagan was president at that time. The number one movie that year was E.T. <laughs> and in May of that year, of 1982, in, in Baltimore, this lanky infielder ran out of the dugout and ran to his place on the field playing for the Baltimore Orioles. His name was Cal Ripken Jr. And what's significant about him taking the field in May of 1982 is that he began then a streak that lasted for 16 years of never missing a ball game. Over 2,600 games <laughs> without missing a single one from May of 82 until September of 1998. Uh, this is a streak that most people say will never, will never be broken. And it's not like he played timidly or played carefully. He, he, he dove after balls, he, he slid, he played through broken nose and twisted knees and, and back spasms. And he did well along the way. He won a couple of MVPs. He was on the all-star team 16 times. But, but what he'll be most remembered for, his significance to the history of baseball is showing up day in, day out, year in and year out. He remained. You've, you've been in a series of, of sermons about our, our identity in Christ, and, and it's kind of grown out of a book by Neil Anderson called Who I Am in Christ. I understand that maybe some of you are reading that book uh, along with, with the series. And so far, you've talked about our acceptance in Christ and our security in Christ. And today, as we, as we bring this series to an end, we're going to talk about our, our significance and what we're going to learn today is that we find significance by remaining in, in Christ. I, I admire Christians who remain in Christ with the same dedication that Cal Ripken Jr. remained on the field. I admire those who are resolute and steadfast 
who are committed in, in their faith. I mean, some, some of you here this morning, uh, it, it's, it's week in, week out. For some of you, year in and year out, you've, you've remained faithful and steady and, and committed. You've, you've served your church and you've served your family. You've, you've even turned your business and your workplace into, into ministry. You've, you've tithed, you've loved your neighbors. You've, you've been a person of, of integrity and it's not always easy. Of course, there, there are rough patches along the way, but, but you're here. You've, you've been here and you will be here because you are remaining in Christ. And for those of you who that describes, I applaud you. <laughs> and I have to confess, I also envy you a little bit. Because when I think of a steadfast, committed faith that, that never wavers and year in, year out stays true, I, I wish I had that kind of faith. And there may be others of you who are in the same boat as me where when, when I reflect on my walk in Christ, sometimes it, it seems too sporadic, uh, patchy, you know? There are times when everything is great and I'm able to remain faithful and my, my prayer life is, is right on target and I'm in the word consistently and I'm staying pure. But then there comes those seasons where, well, my faith seems to walk along with more of a, more of a limp. We want, we want the fruit of a consistent Faith. We want to be able to remain in Christ. But how do we do that? Jesus gives us some help in, in John chapter 15. Uh, I encourage you to turn there with me or your app or your Bible or, or, or watch off the screen. I'm going to read verses 1 to 8 of, uh, of John chapter 15. And this is Jesus, uh, Jesus himself speaking. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it'll be even more fruitful. Now you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. So remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must uh, remain in the vine. It, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a, a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, they're thrown into the fire, and, and they're burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Okay, how do we have a consistent faith where we remain in Christ. Well, when we look at this text, I think we need to note first the, the image. 
Now, let me give you a little context for the image that's in the text. Uh, Jesus said these words in John the same night as the Last Supper. Jesus had gathered with his disciples in this upper room in Jerusalem, and he washed their feet, and he established the Lord's Supper. Um, They prayed together. They sang together. He, He taught them, told them that things are going to get difficult. And then you get to the end of chapter 14 of John, and Jesus there in the upper room says, okay, now it's it's, it's time for us to go. And so they leave that upper room in the city, and they begin to hike outside of the city toward the Garden of Gethsemane, where later that night Jesus would would pray and and he would be arrested. But it's, it's on the hike, it's on the way from the upper room to Gethsemane that he keeps talking with his disciples and teaching them. And on that way, they passed through this valley just east of Jerusalem, the valley that at that time was was lush with vineyards. Generations had gone by and these grapevines had been carefully tended and they had produced wonderful fruit for generations. And so they're walking on the way from the upper room to Gethsemane, walking by these vineyards and Jesus gives this, this image. He says that the God, the Father, is, is like, like a gardener. And he's the one who's overseeing this whole process. He cuts off branches that bear no fruit. He prunes those that are bearing fruit so that they'll do, they'll do even better. In this image, the, the Father, he, he's got on his work gloves. and He's got the pruning shears in hand, maybe even a watering can. And he's meticulously overseeing the church, overseeing us trying to help us stay healthy and fruitful and and growing. And in this image, Jesus is the vine. The vine being the source of nourishment for the branches that that bring out fruit. And and in in Israel, these grapevines in those days, we think of a vine as something spindly, but, but the vines were more like a trunk of a small tree. They were large, they were they were sturdy. And so with strength and with faithfulness, Jesus Jesus provides for us. He's he's the vine. We then are the branches that grow off of the vine that bear fruit. And now it takes us remaining connected to to Jesus. The, The branches only bear fruit if they remain connected to the vine because the vine is the source of nourishment, of power, of of energy. If, if, If the branch becomes disconnected from the vine, it's, 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 gonna, it's gonna wither. But when it connects, well, that's, that's where there's power. In the, the Neil Anderson book that I think maybe some of you are, are reading, he, he says a, a modern day parallel to this would be, would be like a light bulb. <laughs> he, he says, imagine you have a light bulb just off the factory line or maybe you just take it out of the box and, and it has potential but it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything until it's connected to the energy source. And then when it's connected to the energy source, well, that light bulb can light up the, the darkest of rooms. But it has to remain connected. And, and back to the vineyard illustration, it's, it's when we, the branches, are connected that we can then, can then bear fruit. It's, that, it's, it's when we can have significance. It's when we can make a difference. And when the Bible talks about the fruit that we bear, 
Uh, in some places, it talks about the fruit as uh, our, our own character and things that flow out of our lives. Galatians talks about the fruit of the Spirit. When Christ and his Spirit are in us, the fruit that comes out, it, it's things like love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the things that come out of our life. In, in other places, the Bible talks about our fruit as the things that we do that make a difference for Christ and the world around us. Our works, our, our influence, the way that we extend his message and extend his, his love. In, in my, um, the church where I grew up in, in West Virginia, a wonderful lady named Ann Mills taught the preschool Sunday school class for decades. <laughs> Generations came through her classroom. Week in, week out, she remained. She was steadfast. She was faithful. Now, she never got her name in the headlines. She was never, you know, when somebody was writing a new book about children's ministry, they didn't call her to get a quote for it, you know. Aside from maybe an occasional plaque or thank you note, she served in the shadows, but faithfully. And because of her faithfulness, fruit was born for the kingdom of Christ. She, she tells of one little girl who, who came in years ago, and the girl's from a, a difficult background and rough home situation, and, and uh, didn't behave herself all that well in class. And Anne says, I have to confess, uh, there were some days when I would see this little girl bound through the door, and my, <laughs> I, would, I would groan inside. <laughs> But she loved her and taught her. And, and Anne said that not long ago, Anne was actually at a, at a funeral, and, and in through the door walks this little girl, now a grown woman. And she goes up and gives Anne a big hug, and she says, your class is the happiest memories of my childhood. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for loving me. And she even went on to say, you know, I've been meaning to try to get in touch with you because those songs that you taught us when I was little in class, I would like to teach those to my kids. Can you, can you give me copies of, of those songs? It's year in, year out, remaining in Christ, in service of Christ. And when we do that, we begin to bear fruit and fruit that goes on for for generations. This, this, this is the image, okay? This is the image that, that Jesus gives us in, in this text. That the Father is the gardener. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches that connect to the vine and, and bear fruit, bear significance. So, okay, so with that image in mind now, what, what, do, we, what do we do with this, this information? Well, well, in the text, in addition to the image, Jesus also gives us an invitation. And in the, in the text, the verses that we read, verses one to eight, that this one word, remain, it just keeps showing up time after time after time. And especially in verse four, in verse four, it's, it's, in all of the text, it's the only imperative, the only command. And it's where Jesus says, remain in me. In light of all this that he's teaching and that he's talking about, what do we do with this? We, we remain in Jesus. 
The, the old King James here used the word abide. Abide with him. The, the word in the original language of the New Testament is, is it's make, make your home with. Remain. Abide. Make your home with. It's, it's, it's a picture of that consistent, steady, steadfast faith. Knowing that Jesus is the vine, we, we remain in him. Bruce Wilkinson is a, a well-known Christian writer and speaker, and he, he tells about a time in his own life and ministry when he, he, reached, he reached a point of burnout. He, he said, that, said that on the outside, everything was going great guns. You know, books were selling and speaking invitations are, are pouring in and, and people were being ministered to. God's kingdom was being advanced. And, but all this is going on on the outside. But Wilkinson says that on the inside, he was, he was growing frustrated and frazzled, even depressed. And, and, and a mentor of his called him on it. He said, he said, Bruce, you're doing a lot of things for God, but in the process, you're neglecting God. He had lost things like his prayer life, um, his joy, his peace, even you know, Bible reading. All of those things had been pushed, pushed to the wayside in favor of doing ministry. And Wilkinson explains, he said, I had become an expert at serving God, but I remained a novice at being his friend. Maybe, maybe you've been there. Maybe, maybe you're even there this morning. And if so, I hope you hear Jesus' invitation to you from this text to remain in him, abide with him, make your home with him. Day in and day out, talk with him. Day in and day out, hear from him, from his word, Walk with him as, as you go to work and you cook dinner and interact with your family. Seek him as you make decisions and choose between options. Trust him as you love and you obey and, and you grow. Remain, abide. Make your home with him. Carrie's my oldest son. Uh, his, his name is Peyton. He's 22 now. But when he was a baby, he, he, he didn't want to be held. <laughs> and it drove us nuts because, you know, you have your first kid and you have these visions of we're just going to cuddle and we're going to rock him to sleep. And you, you have this picture of what it's going to be like. He would have none of it. <laughs> he wanted to be on the floor, wanted to be in his bouncy seat, wanted to be, wanted to be in his crib. But fortunately, a few years later, when he got to be three or four years old, he, he went through the season where, well, he wanted to sit on our laps. And he wanted to nuzzle up to us when we were on the couch and watching movies and watching cartoons. And, <laughs> and he would, you know, we'd watch these things so many times, he, he knew what was coming. And when he knew a funny part was coming in a, in a movie, he would say, Mom and Dad, let's laugh together. 
Before bed at night, he would say, Mom and Dad, let's cuddle together. It's the together part that, that he most wanted. And he's 22 now. There's not a lot of cuddling going, going on. But, but we, we cherish those days. It's together. And that's what Jesus wants. When he says, remain in me, he wants together. He wants relationship, intimacy, love, friendship, communication, worship, dependence. Remain, abide, make your home with him. Maybe, maybe for you, it be, maybe it begins this afternoon. Maybe you go out on the back deck or you set up a camping chair next to the fire pit or you, maybe you go for a walk on the park along the lake and you take that time to be in Jesus and togetherness. And maybe you sing a song, maybe you utter a prayer. Maybe you read some words from his word. And in all of this, you're meditating and reflecting and remembering and you, you, you sense his presence and the warmth of the sun and the, the cottony clouds and the sound of the breeze flowing through the, the live oak. And in this, you can remember and reflect on the ways that he's loved you and the ways that, that he has been in your life. And, and you, you, know, you remember that, that money that came out of the blue just when you needed it. You, you remember that, that prayer that you lifted before God for months and he, he finally answered it. And, and you remember that time when you were facing such a difficult season and, and you, you got that embrace from a friend and in that embrace, you could just feel the arms of Jesus enfolding you. And maybe you reflect on even, even the sin in your life and our stained souls but the, but the grace that was poured onto you through the cross of Jesus Christ. Maybe you remember the moment you rose from the water of baptism and how, how it felt so clean. We remember and we reflect. We celebrate what it means to be remaining in Jesus, abiding with him, making our home with him. A great British preacher from the 1700s, George Whitfield, he wrote one time in his journal about, about a time he spent at his home just remaining in Jesus. And, and this is what he wrote. He said, God was pleased to pour into my soul a great spirit of supplication and a sense of his free, distinguishing mercies so filled me with love and humility and joy and holy confusion <laughs> that I could at last only pour out my heart before him in an awful silence. I was so full, <laughs> I could not well speak. It's quite an image. The, the, God the Father is the gardener, Jesus is the vine, we are the branches that bear fruit. And it's quite an invitation 
to remain in Jesus. But before we walk away from this text, we need one final assurance. And the the assurance came in verse four of our text. Just after Jesus invited us, remain in me, it comes an assurance where, where he tells us, I also remain in you. He promises us here his his presence, that he will be in us, that he will be with us as a companion and, and a friend, not just throughout all the days of this earth, but throughout all of eternity, that he will be that friend that sticks closer than a brother, that, that he will be as as. God promised Joshua, said, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Or as Jesus himself said in the Great Commission, he said, go into all the world and I will be with you always, even even to the very end. And so if you think back, okay, we are going to remain in him. Maybe think back even to that walk in the park or sitting on that back deck and you're praying and meditating and reflecting and remaining in Jesus. We have those times and then we move on from those experiences knowing that as we move on from them, we, we move on with Jesus walking at our side. That he is with us as we go throughout our days and our weeks and our months, as we go to work and we go to schools, we go to that family reunion, as we go to that church committee meeting or to that neighborhood barbecue, we go with the assurance that Jesus is with us as our companion. When we go into that hospital waiting room, when we go into that operating room, when we go into that funeral parlor, when we go into that divorce court, when we go into that most difficult of conversations and we go against that most difficult of temptations, we know that we don't go at it alone, that we go walking in step with our Savior. As we remain in him, he remains in us. And in remaining, we find significance. You you probably don't know the name Bob Bonner. He he played Major League Baseball. He played for four years. He only appeared in 61 games, never hit a home run. (laughs) Yet Bob Bonner's rookie card from 1982 is worth $150. You probably don't know the name Jeff Schneider. Schneider played one year of professional baseball. He pitched in 11 games, never to be heard from again. Yet Schneider's rookie baseball card from 1982 is worth $150. You see, Schneider's and Bonner, they they were on the same baseball card in 1982 as as rookies. Uh, the, The card was labeled Baltimore Orioles Future Stars. And and there were actually three players on it, Bob Bonner, Jeff Schneider, and a lanky Orioles infielder named Cal Ripken Jr. (laughs) Bonner's and Schneider's baseball card (laughs) are worth what they're worth only because of who they're together with. The card is significant because who their pictures remain with. 
abide with, make their home with on the card. It's such a valuable assurance. This assurance that we have from Jesus, if we remain in him, he remains in us and we'll live lives of fruit and significance. Our Lord in heaven, we, we want a faith that is steady, that is steadfast, committed. We, we want to remain in you. We thank you, God, for giving us this guidance in, in the gospel of John, this image and this invitation and this assurance. Help us, Lord, as we go from here. Help us to, to remain in you to abide with you, to make our home with you. We ask this in the name of Jesus, by the power of his spirit, amen. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. It's a powerful truth that scripture tells us, our identity, who we are, is you are the beloved child of God. And there is nothing in this world, there is nobody in this world that can take that from you. Who we are in Christ. What we do is only significant because of who we are. And the call to remain in him to bear fruit. We are accepted just as we are. We are secure and we are significant because who Christ is. And this morning, if you need to take a step, if you feel I need to step into this identity, I need to grow in this, we invite you to reach out, whether it be to me, to Matthew or Amber or any of the elders or somebody in this room that you go, they know what's going on. It doesn't have to be one of the pastors. I want to be in Christ. I want to be attached and I want to grow in that identity. We challenge you, grab a hold of somebody and don't let them go and ask questions and pray together. And we invite you to do this because we are significant because of who Jesus is. Because we're connected to him, he calls us to bear fruit. So as we dismiss this morning, go be salt and light in a world that desperately needs it. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a good day.